Welcome to the Pilot Podcast. Where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? My name is BJ. And my name is Me Too. And this week we're checking out the new CW mystery drama, Nancy Drew. So stay tuned to the end to find out what BJ got up to when he was a teenager. How many crimes did you solve? So many, but I can't talk about them for legal reasons. (laughs) I would love to picture you as a little crime fighter. Maybe I was. But let's focus on our crime-fighting Nancy Drew. Do you want to break down the premise of this show? Yes. Nancy Drew, played by Kennedy McCann, has always chased shadows. She actually shared a story that as a young girl, she found another missing young girl, which was our first fabulous allusion to the books because she was referencing the Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase book. In this first episode, we learn that Nancy is postponing her college application to Columbia for a year and is probably experiencing the worst gap year in history when she and her friends slash diner co-workers witness the murder of Tiffany Hudson, who was played by Sinead Curry. Her friends are George, played by Leah Lewis, Bess, played by Madison Jaizani, and Ace, played by Alex Saxon. You'll recognize George and Bess, of course, as her close friends in the books as well. And she also has a love interest in Ned, played by Tunji Kasim. On top of witnessing the murder, the local police chief, Ed McGinnis, played by Adam Beach, whom you'll recognize from Law & Order SVU and the Suicide Squad movie, thinks that the teens actually committed the murder. Yeah, that sucks that they're all suspects when, to us as audience viewers, it seemed like they were just innocently working their shift when Ryan Hudson and this sketchy crew came in for some food, and his wife was just suspiciously outside alone. Yeah, so it's really anyone's game as to who did it. As the viewer, one thing I like about the show is that we don't know what happened, whereas in the dark, as the characters are, and you're right, from our perspective, it's just unfortunate that these teenagers witnessed this murder, that Nancy Drew is the one that stumbled upon the body, and... It's anyone's game right now. I sound like a sports commentator and not someone who's talking about murder. (laughs) But I will say that is something that makes this interesting and more of a fun plot for the show in that all the characters are suspects. Nancy's trying to figure out this mystery the same time that the detectives and police are. And at the end, we're not going to give you any spoilers. We find out that several different characters have potential motives to be the murderer. So it's credible to think that some of these suspects should be considered suspects. The level of motive that they gave each character was wild. It truly could have been any of them. I don't think it'll turn out to have been any of them, but they each have a very valid reason for taking Tiffany out. And the really unexpected part for me, maybe you can speak to what you remember from some of the books, they're trying to throw in a paranormal supernatural element as well. So Nancy and her friends, really Nancy's friends, are considering that maybe a ghost murdered Tiffany Hudson. And we also see something that suggests maybe there are ghosts or something spiritual in this universe of Nancy Drew. Was that ever part of the mysteries in the books? So listeners, I read a lot of Nancy Drew books as a kid, but I haven't read any since I was a preteen. So my memory is not great. 
but I don't remember there ever being a supernatural element. I remember there being people like psychics that she exposed for being frauds in the book, but I don't think a ghost ever was like, ooh, she did it. And Nancy like followed the clue. I'm sensing Scooby-Doo vibes where they would always say, oh, it's a ghost or a monster. But then you find out that was just someone dressed up or some illusion or an excuse to cover up a real person who really committed the crime. But on this show, we may actually be seeing ghosts. It's unclear. Yeah. How did you feel about the supernatural element? It seemed to stick out a lot. I'm not as familiar with Nancy Drew as you are, but I've always thought of her as more grounded with her mysteries and the cases she takes on. And so I was kind of expecting and looking forward to a more grounded mystery series with this rendition of Nancy Drew. And the supernatural elements, as they are presented so far, really seem out of place. But maybe there is more to it and uh, a real basis for it that we just haven't figured out yet. Yeah, I'd love if we found out that those were all illusions and that maybe the person behind the murders is doing those. Because in this first episode, we actually don't figure out who done it. And most of the mysteries that they introduce in this first episode remain open ended. And several more are produced in like the last four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, whoever is behind the murders is on their own or coordinating with someone else to produce these ghost like illusions. Otherwise, it just feels kind of like the show doesn't trust Nancy Drew to be interesting. I feel like the show didn't feel like Nancy Drew. Mm, I see that too. Or maybe it's just a edgy teen murder mystery series. And then they took the Nancy Drew name and property and just put that on top of it. She just has red hair. They introduce George, Bess, and Ned whom we know from the books, but obviously this is a edgy modern take on each of those characters. So to get into the side characters, she works with George at the diner. George is actually very mean to her. They're not best friends like in the book. And then Bess is a socialite who's been caught stealing and has some money issues. And so that isn't the innocent Bess from the books. And then Ned, her love interest in the books, she actually met, I think, her sophomore year in Emerson College or something. And in the show, again, edgy take, he's just another 18-year-old who's as lost as she is that she's hooking up with and actually afraid to get close to. Her dad is similar, though, correct? Single father lawyer? Single father lawyer, yes. But her dad on the show potentially has a lot of skeletons in his closet, whereas her dad in the book is almost like... Atticus Finch, just like a really good guy. Just single dad, lawyer, righteous man. It's like they took a Riverdale filter and applied it to Nancy Drew. But by doing that, the edginess of Riverdale wipes away the more wholesomeness and charm of Nancy Drew. And by introducing supernatural elements, you're potentially distracting from showing how intelligent Nancy Drew and her friends are. Because that's the remarkable part of the book series is the heart of the series, the loveliness of each of the characters, but also the fact that these are 
innocent teens of the 1930s, 40s, 50s, and 60s who still have their heads on their shoulders so squarely that they are able to solve crimes. Did innocent Nancy break into homes in the books? Absolutely. She did whatever she could to get to who done it. I don't understand the instinct. I personally don't chase murderers in my downtime, but Nancy does not let anything get past her. We all find different ways to be productive. Yes, I love, for example, at night, I like to read a couple chapters of a book. Sometimes I like to do a puzzle on my partner's iPad while I listen to a podcast. Just things to keep the mind sharp. And other people break into houses to find potential killers. One seems to be helping society more than the other, but... We all don't need to save the world. Don't take my wind down time for me, please. I would never. So what did you think of the Riverdale aesthetic? Do you want another show with that style? I love Riverdale. It's fun, messy teen drama. This last season of Riverdale, I'm a little iffy on, but it picked up tremendously in the latter half when they got away more from the supernatural elements. So maybe that's what Nancy Drew needs to do, actually. I digress. I am fine with including Riverdale elements. I'm fine with making Nancy Drew current. I don't think it has to feel like a wholesome 1950s-ish story, but it felt like it was edgy just to be edgy. To introduce Ned in a sex scene felt like they just wanted to be like, we're an edgy show, you know? Yeah, that whole relationship felt like just a way to show how mature Nancy can be. Like, she's having sex at 18, and oh, when she gets upset, maybe she'll just use Ned for pleasure because she wants to, you know. She's uh, not your typical, not what I would consider your typical teen. And that's what they're trying to get at, I think, in this storytelling, but it almost feels like an hour-long version of that Steve Buscemi gif where he's like, what's up, youths? Speaking of that... Steve Buscemi? Or this being an hour-long version of that gif. Oh, yes. What did you think of the pacing? Because for me personally, I thought it didn't get that interesting until the last 10 minutes. Yeah, so I was really looking forward to this show. I love Nancy Drew. I'm Nancy Drew Hive. I even liked the movie with Emma Roberts. And I felt... The central mystery of the show was interesting. So they do a bit of a red herring situation where, like in a lot of procedurals, they lead you in a few directions. And so what we're confused about in the show, what we're wondering happened, is interesting. It just took so long for them to tell that story. And I'm not sure why it took so long for them to tell that story. But then in the last eight minutes, I actually thought that I would need to pause and rewind some stuff. It was just explosive reveal after explosive reveal after explosive reveal. And I was like, they should have done this like 30 minutes ago. You know, maybe pace the first third of the show as slow. So it lulls you into this sense of like, all right, I get it. They're trying to figure out who killed this woman. And then they're like, but this person could have done it and this person. And that would have been much more interesting than revealing it all at the end. I agree. They dropped some really cool information bombs at the end. And it would have been better if maybe the first 15 minutes introduce us to the murder and the cast. And then every like five to 10 minutes from there, drop one of these 
reveals. Let us explore that a little bit more and then drop another one. Each of those reveals could have been their own few minutes of plot, like you said. Exactly. And I get that they want to explore that in future episodes, but it's a little disappointing that they're making us wait to get the information instead of giving us something a little more juicy in this episode. I also hope that the writing picks up because the actors aren't bad, but there's only so much you can do with you're a moody teenager, you're a bully teenager, you're a an airhead socialite, you're this kind of doormat boyfriend who Nancy turns to, turns to sometimes. I hope that for the sake of the show, they also just allow their plots to be more complex because otherwise it runs risk of feeling one note for each of the characters. Yeah, I really do like Nancy's friends of George, Bess, and Ace, that crew at the diner, but we only saw a limited amount of their personalities and their storylines. And so like you say, it seems like they are a little one note. And it's only because of the final bit of the episode that I do see the potential for where all of their characters can go. I almost wonder what it is that we watched for 50 minutes. Like, did I (laughs) block out that experience or something? Because what were they building? It was a lot of exploring Ryan Hudson as a suspect and Nancy getting mad at Ned and Nancy getting mad at her dad and Nancy just being in her mood. Oh, yes, because Nancy's mother is dead. And like in the books, she discovers her dad is dating someone and she's mad that she didn't know. Yeah. And she knows the person uh, personally as well. So it was just her, you know, working through her feelings and breaking into homes. So I guess they took the bet on not us being into her problem solving and investigation, but rather us being invested in her as a character. Which I guess makes sense in the universe of Riverdale, where you like each of the characters because they're a hot mess in their own ways. Yeah, but it's weird because unlike Riverdale, Nancy has like a special skill. True. She's observant and clever and can solve problems and puzzles. And so for us not to focus on that just seems like we're missing out on one of her key characteristics. It's like a disservice to Nancy Drew's legacy. Exactly. Listeners, we do see glimpses of that. You hear her thinking through things about all the things she sees around her, suspicious characters, what could this object mean? But it's not the focus of the episode. And she puts, again, a lot of stuff together in those last few minutes. She really got the gears going. She was drawing her little map of suspects and it all clicked. I love a visual. Do you have any predictions for future episodes? Yeah, I do have some predictions. Okay. So one of the side story, side plots has to do with a ghost of Lucy Sable. And I think that Lucy Sable's death and the mystery behind that is going to be intimately tied to Tiffany Hudson's murder. Yes. And so as Nancy learns more about Lucy Sable, that'll get her closer to figuring out who murdered Tiffany. I was actually more interested in the mystery around Lucy Sable than in the mystery around Tiffany. It was presented as a more interesting case. 
Do you think that they'll only focus on these two overarching mysteries or will we get a case of the week type of format as well? Well, I may have read some episode summaries. (laughs) Of course. Of course. So all I can say is that the murder of Tiffany Hudson will be central to season one. I can't say whether or not there will be some B plots for each episode. That makes sense because how much investigating could you do if you yourself are being considered a potential murderer? Yeah, how many murders can she handle at once? I would be most focused, if it were me, on absolving myself of any crime. You wouldn't take on any new cases while trying to exonerate yourself? BJ, I can't quite imagine having the focus you need to think about other people and help them while I myself am on the metaphorical chopping block. Ooh, speaking of that, I do have a question for you, which will lead into a prediction. Do you think Nancy will remain unbiased as she investigates her friends? Or do you think she kind of will let her emotions lead her to suspect one person more than another? She's a trifling friend and a trifling girlfriend. So I can see her hesitating to suspect her friends, but I see her plowing forward and getting whoever needs to be got despite their relationship to her. Gotcha. She'll throw them under the bus if it's in the name of justice. Her mind is elsewhere. She is waiting a year to try to go to Columbia. She doesn't like the town that she lives in. She talks about the fact that she didn't see herself there. And if you're already distancing yourself from your community, then it makes sense that she's distancing herself from the people in that community because that's that's what makes a community is the people. Yeah, avoiding any sort of attachment. Any attachment that would keep her in that town. Which comes up with Ned. Mm-hmm. Any final predictions? Nope, I'm ready to rate Nancy Drew. Let's do it. BJ, what would you give CW's Nancy Drew? I would rate Nancy Drew would watch again casually. Okay. I think the murder of Tiffany Hudson is pretty interesting, especially with all the strings that tie each of the suspects to the murder. And I want to know more about this ghost of Lucy Sable. I really don't know where that plot's going to go, but I'm looking forward to knowing more. Listeners, with the premiere of Nancy Drew, Riverdale has come back, and Riverdale is going to be a priority on my list of shows to watch. Facts. So Nancy Drew will be a casual show I will keep up with while I prioritize watching Riverdale regularly so I can discuss it with people. And that's that's my rating. What would you give it? I actually would give a BJ style rating for this one. So I would give it a would watch again if my friend who's watching it tells me to get into it because I was thrilled for this show, but I can't recommend this show to people. It was just very boring. But there is the potential there because of that explosive last few minutes. So if you tell me and our listeners that this is worth getting back into when you watch a couple more episodes, then I'm comfortable going back in. Also, for my fellow babies, it really did get scary at the end with these supernatural elements. So I would also like a report on that because this show comes on late. I don't want this to be one of the last things I see before I go to bed. 
I don't need ghosts in my dreams. It's not as bad as evil on CBS. No, but that show was really good. So it's worth the nightmares. Maybe. Maybe that'll be our new litmus test for shows. Is it? Is it worth the nightmare? How much trauma are you willing to endure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for more trauma-free reviews of pilot episodes, Beach, where can people find more episodes of the Pilot Podcast? They can visit our website at thepilotpodcast.com, and they can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And be sure to leave us a rating and review. It helps others discover us. You can also support us on patreon.com slash thepilotpod. You can find never-before-heard episodes. We have a couple posted up there right now. Merch, polls, AMAs, and more. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. You can send thoughts, feelings, your favorite Nancy Drew books. I'm thinking of getting back into them to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.